0: Hello and welcome back to the Drinker's Gridiron. As always, I am your host, Noah, and with me is my co-host, Ivan. Ivan, can I get your best new news?
1: That would get us a copyright strike.
0: That's okay. But uh, we do have some excellent new news for you today, so I'm willing to take the fine here. Um, Ivan went on a date today. Now, Ivan, tell us everything. Is she the one? Is she it? Is she everything you could have ever hoped for? Is she your muse? Is she the Lego to your foot? Is she the One Ring to your Sauron?
1: Are we trying to not have Sauron get the One Ring wasn't that the whole point of the the books?
0: Yeah, but it's a match made in heaven. I mean, but or as hell.
1: As a Canadian citizen, I do possess the right to remain silent and I shall be exercising
0: it at this time. I don't think that's that that works in Canada.
1: I think it does We've got we got Miranda rights don't we? Eh,
0: we got some. but we have an interesting drink for you guys today. We are bringing back the blueberry ale. Now for those of you who have been listening to us since the beginning, the blueberry ale is our favorite beer specifically from trans canada however this competitor hails from Kenora, ontario because they thought that they could make a blueberry ale as good as trans canada who will emerge victorious will it be the legendary trans canada brewery or the world famous lake of the woods I call it the Battle of the Blue Berries.
1: And you know what I call it? What? A landslide in favor of Trans Canada. Because while you've been rambling, I decided to crack this thing open and have a few sips.
0: Seriously? I, yes. Just let me uh,
1: no. get over it.
0: I don't even want to talk about this beer anymore because it's very good. Blah blah blah. Not as good as Trans Canada. Blah blah blah. Um definitely tastes hoppier as a as a beer it's good
1: it needs more blueberry i mean it's being advertised as a blueberry and it's just not there
0: yeah you, i mean you can really kind of taste like the subtle hints of blueberry but you're not getting that full blueberry experience so battle of the blueberry goes to trans canada and i feel pretty confident and uh sure of myself to say that
1: i'm even more sure than you are like look when i when i see a blueberry ale being advertised as a blueberry ale i want blueberries i mean there's not enough of it for it to cut through nicely the way that it should you're enough. advertising it like it's the focal point you know and, and it it's just it didn't hit
0: no and i definitely agree um but talking of beer I got to know, how many beers is too many for a funeral?
1: I got some context-defining questions for you here. Okay. Number one, how close am I to this person, hypothetically?
0: Let's just say it's like your great-aunt, right? Uh, Like, yeah, you knew her, you liked her, but... You weren't close with her, so it's like a, so it's like a medium, like a middle ground. It's not like you were strangers, but you don't. You, you, didn't, you super didn't see close. her all that often, but when yeah, you exactly. saw her, it was nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh Bottles or cans? I'm gonna go with cans because not all funerals provide beer. Um, so I'm gonna go with cans because that's what's easy to buy.
1: Okay. Then I'm gonna go with five or six, and for the purpose of my argument, I'm gonna say six just because it makes it easier. Because what you do is you get there, you say your initial hellos, you immediately crack one back. Okay. You know, and after you do that, you take a second one, right? Just so you start getting getting somewhere. And yeah, then, it's, then, then the meal's served. So there's another one right there, another one with dessert, and then you let you, you that dessert one kind of last, and then you grab one more before the speeches start. That's five, right? And you've got to make that one last real well, because who knows how long it's going to be. And you're still, you know, like, you're not, you're not, like, messed up, but you've got, you're happy, right? Like, you got that buzz. And then after the speech is all over, when everybody's mingling and about to leave, you crack one more because why not? You don't know how long you're going to be there yet. May as well enjoy it.
0: Fair enough. For me, myself, I don't know. Like, if I'm actually celebrating something, if I'm happy, if I'm in a good mood, I think I can easily put back a 2-4. Like, easily, just kick him back i mean i'll be plastered but i i I could get through that now for a funeral obviously you don't want to get plastered i mean unless i'm at your funeral say
1: well yeah but i felt like that went without saying without saying yeah
0: um i mean i'll make a toast for you as i'm giving a speech
1: i expect nothing less
0: excellent now i don't know because i'm good for like 24 i If I cut that in half, I still think that's a little too much, but I think like eight to 10, I'll just go right in the middle and say nine. I, 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 cause I think I can do that. Still feel emotions, not be like drunk, but still be able to have a good time with my relatives and my family and not like interrupt anything or get attention taken away from anything else.
1: Yeah, that that makes sense. I mean, it's all about finding that right line, right? Exactly. So, as exciting as that was, I, I kind of want to talk some football because this was a this was a week.
0: Yeah, this was a really weird week. Um, some good, some bad, some Tennessee. I was gonna like talk about the Giants, but oh well, the floor is yours. Which game are you covering first? So-
1: as much as I said I wanted to talk about the Giants, that's false. Because I'm talking about the Chicago Bears and the Carolina Panthers.
0: So the two other really bad franchises right now. Don't forget about New England. Well, that goes without saying, but you, you can only have two teams play each other.
1: Fair enough. Yeah, Um. look, this game, I almost fell asleep four times in the first half to the point where I finished watching the game this morning cuz it was just I had all weekend to watch the rest of this game and I elected to wait till this morning
0: that's just how dull it really was and I mean you 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 suckered me into watching this damn thing you
1: could have declined the phone call
0: I wanted to play Spider-Man, you but you called me. What, am I gonna, what, if, you, what if you need me? If what if, what if Night, You
1: knew what was going on.
0: What, what if something happened? If some, what if someone broke into your house, was murdering you and your family, and you're calling me for help? I mean, granted, that's pretty well what happened because of this monstrosity of a game. I'm not going to
1: decline the call. Okay, but I, I told you morning of that I was going to call you about the football game. Could have been an emergency. It was an emergency. I had to watch the Bears and the Panthers. I had to watch Bryce Young look like Carson Palmer at best. I know he's a rookie, and I'm not I'm not going to bash him too hard for that. And I know he's in a really bad situation and has a coach who doesn't know what the hell he's doing. But the facts are the facts. Bryce Young did not look that great. Fortunately, neither did Tyson and who simply did enough to stop the Bears from losing.
0: I mean, really, just the bare minimum. Yeah. Um,
1: the only bright spot of the entire first half was Amir Smith-Marset running back a 79-yard punt return for a touchdown. Aside from that, it was just mediocre football from both sides, and I wanted to pluck my eyeballs out at the beginning of the second quarter. It didn't get any better, though, don't worry. You want to know why though? Why? Well, you know, Panthers running back Chuba Hubbard had nine carries for 23 yards. That was more than half of the rush yards that the team received, that the team contributed as a whole with 43. This was just an absolute embarrassment. You know, and I, I love running backs, right? That's, that's very well known. So to see those kind of numbers being put up against a Bears defense that has been fairly pedestrian as of late, it's just embarrassing, really.
0: Oh, one hundred percent. From what I saw, I it was bad. I, I I don't know who turned it off. You were first. You or me? But no, it was it was a bad game. And when you can't get a running game started, or the passing game, or defend against anything, it gets tough to win.
1: I tell you, the icing on the kick, the icing on the kick, Carolina, down by three points, pushing to win, they don't move the ball at all, it comes to fourth down. Now they're at Soldier Field, it is notoriously difficult to kick at Soldier Field, right? So, already you are in a hole there. You send out Eddie Pomero, very good kicker, he's got a career long of 56, They expect him to go from 59 just like that without even giving him a without moving the ball forwards for him at all. Well, snap good, hold good. Kick was on the way. Panero missed it. All he could do was look at the sideline. He just shrugs. Because what do you expect?
0: Like, there's only so much you can do in that position, especially as a kicker. I mean, your defense has to Keep your offense in good position. Your offense can't keep putting your defense in bad position. And neither, like, neither sides of the ball should be forcing your kicker into bad positions to try and win the game. It's just bad and bad practice, really. Frank
1: Reich came out today, Panthers head coach Frank Reich, saying that he was going to take away play calling privileges from his offensive coordinator. I don't think that changes anything. I think, I really do think Frank Reich is the problem, because you know what? He was the problem in Indianapolis. He was play-calling for the majority of this season so far until he handed the reins over, and now he's taking them back after two games, three games. Carolina didn't look that great early this season either.
0: Well, in one of those games, that ended up beating the Texans.
1: Yeah, you just wonder, though, how warm is his seat getting? How much slack do you think he gets because it's a rookie quarterback?
0: Probably a good amount, but, I mean, he hasn't been there all that long, and he gets and he has a rookie quarterback, so my guess is that he's going to have at least one full season left before he gets canned. Moving on from one bad game to another, we are now talking about the Jets taking on the Raiders in Las Vegas. Look, this was your standard punt bowl or uh, field goal bowl. This was bad. The first touchdown wasn't scored until the fourth quarter. And not only that, it was the only touchdown scored. Now, we were robbed of a Zach Wilson rushing touchdown, which was a great play, but penalties, you know, brought it back. And so they went from being within the 10, all the way back to the 13-yard line because of that. Look, as much as I want to shit on this game, it wasn't the worst game in the world. There were moments of greatness like um, almost touchdown from Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson made some really great passes. Um, And the last drive in the game that the Jets put up, again, was a solid uh, attempt and definitely was was entertaining to watch. Now, there was too much boringness. There were too many bad plays, bad penalties. This was just a bad game all in all with some bright spots. Now, I am happy for the Raiders to have been the team to come out victorious uh, because it's always great to see a former Patriot Just get dunked on like this. I am loving this. Shout out to the boys over at the drop back. How does that feel?
1: You know what I want to do real quick? I want to shout out Tyler Conklin for doing a wonderful job of costing the Jets this game by knocking away a ball that could have been caught by Garrett Wilson.
0: Oh, 100%. That was potentially a game winner. But, you know, shit happens. Don't really know what to say. But just to kind of show how well Zach Wilson did, actually, because he was he put up a very surprising performance. He went 23 for 39. Not the greatest completion percentage, but he's a career backup. He had 263 passing yards, but one costly interception. Now... As much as I want to criticize Zach for this play, this was absolutely just a phenomenal defensive play. This was absolutely just a fantastic defensive play by uh, Robert Spil- Spillin Spillane Spillane, Spillane. Um, and really, he took it quite a ways away. Now, really, Robert was one of the better performers on this team. Um with four solo tackles, three assisted, one sack, and that interception. Now, all in all, there isn't really too much more to talk about as far as this game is concerned, because, again, nobody really did a whole lot that stood out to me. There was that one interception. There was the last play of the game, which you already talked about with Garrett Wilson. And Zach Wilson getting a rushing touchdown taken away. Now, with that being said, Josh Jacobs has had his best game to date uh, with 27 carries, which wasn't so good, and 116 yards rushing. Now, Ivan, going to let you guess what his long was. Say the numbers again, please. Josh Jacobs, 27 rushing attempts, 116 yards.
1: 16.
0: Well, 40 yards. Okay, wow. He really struggled this game, and if it wasn't for that play, we'd probably be laughing at him a little bit, because this was just all around not a good performance from him. Again, barring that one play.
1: So I've 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 got myself a story here that's going to pique your interest, because I'm talking about the Arizona Cardinals. And the Atlanta Falcons. Look, Kyler's legs are looking pretty good right about now. He's, he's definitely full, fully recovered from that ACL issue. And he looked like himself, for better or worse.
0: Well, more than anything, I'm just surprised that he played as well as he did, considering the new Call of Duty just came out.
1: Well, you know, he, I wonder if he's still got that clause in his contract. That homework one.
0: No, they took it off because people were ridiculing him.
1: Well, people are going to ridicule him anyways. Might as well make him watch some film. Exactly. Now, as much as I you know, gave Kyler some credit there, the Cardinals would have been absolutely blown out of the water in this game if it wasn't for Trey McBride, who had eight receptions for 131 yards, and every single one of them felt like it came at a key moment. Like, he was all over the field. He was a simultaneous safety valve and deep route man, and that kind of exposed the Falcons' defense, truth be told. We saw an everyone-but-the-center false start pretty early on in the game. You always love it when those happen.
0: Oh, I absolutely love those. If we had a drinking game and we watched games together, that's definitely a, a shotgun your beer right there.
1: Oh, 100%. Taylor Heineke ran the ball pretty well. He had a couple of really big rushes. Unfortunately, he did exit the game in the fourth. Desmond Ritter came in, and he looked like Desmond Ritter. Quite frankly, the only quarterback who looked good in this game was Kyler Murray. 19 of 32 for 249 yards, a pick, and sacked twice. And you know it's bad when I'm saying that's good. Taylor Heineken went 8 of 15 for 55 yards, a touchdown sacked three times for 24 yards, and Desmond Ritter went 4 of 6 for 39 yards. That is a total of 94 passing yards between Atlanta quarterbacks. It gets worse. Bijan Robinson had 22 carries for 95 yards and a touchdown. He outran his quarterback's passing numbers. At least, at least Arthur Smith is using him now?
0: Yeah, but I can think of a couple other guys not being used.
1: You couldn't be more right. Let's talk about Kyle Pitts, the highest drafted tight end ever. Hey, would you look at that? Three receptions for 30 yards. I'm sure his buddy Drake London must have done better, though. I mean, right? He has to have. Three receptions for 36 yards. Arthur Smith ought to be fired. I I just... This is coaching malpractice.
0: You have a good roster. How can you not use that roster to your advantage ever?
1: You want to know why? Why? Because you'd rather have Matt Prater kick 50-yard-plus field goals all game. He hit two of them. Fifty one and fifty six yards out. Good for Matt. Good for him. But back to the more important matter. You've got some of the most versatile weapons in the game on your offense. Now let's just use Johnny Smith instead. This Pitts guy who had a really great season when he started, we don't need him. I'd say trade him away, but the deadline's passed.
0: Hashtag free the Falcons.
1: Yes, sir. You know, despite all of the misgivings, this game was actually pretty exciting to watch. You know, there was good defense, good offense, wonderful special teams. It really was a mix of just quality football. There were just some some dark patches that you're only going to see when you're looking into it after the game. The on-field performance was... Really about what I expected, and that's all I could hope for with this one, especially with Kyler being as rusty as he ought to have been.
0: And the last game we will be covering is quite possibly the game of the week. I don't know if you'd agree or not. But we have the Cleveland Hands taking on the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Final score, 33-31 to for the Hands. This was an absolutely phenomenal game. We had, like you said in your previous for your previous game, fantastic offense, but even better defense. This is one of those rare games where not only do you get one pick six, but there are two pick sixes. The Baltimore Ravens received their first pick-six on quarterback number four's. First pass of the game. Kyle Hamilton picks it off and brings it in for a touchdown, making the score seven zip.
1: You know what, though? And I want to talk about this a little bit more. He didn't just bring it in. He walked from the five to the end zone. There was nobody with him.
0: Honestly, at that point in time, I thought that the game was over. And... For the rest of the first half, it just was. Um, The hands really did try to put up a fight, but they were just too discouraged after that one play and ended up going into halftime with nine points after uh, a a rushing touchdown and a field goal. It was within their grasp, but it just didn't feel that way and it didn't look that way. Now, the second half is a completely different story. Because not only did the Ravens come out punching, so did the hands. Odell Beckham got another touchdown, loved to see it. And Kareem Hunt getting a rushing touchdown as well. Now, the fourth quarter is really when we started to see some of the worst ball from the Ravens that we have seen all season. Yeah, they scored a rushing touchdown, But that was it. And when you have the hands coming in and scoring a touchdown, a field goal, and getting a pick six, honestly, I can't believe that had the Ravens won somehow, that they would have earned it. Well, you know, what didn't help
1: that is, and Harbaugh went out and said this, they weren't giving Keaton Mitchell the ball in the second half. He was arguably their best running back, and he just was not getting touches. Like, you ice the game by running the ball and keeping the clock moving. It's That's elementary, and that just didn't happen. You got to feed the hand
0: the tot. As far as Mitchell goes, he had three rushes for 34 yards and one touchdown. He averaged 11.3 yards per carry. How you don't continue to feed him the ball, I, I don't know. Because here's the issue. Gus Edwards ended up getting the ball 11 times and only had 24 yards to show for it. Granted, he had a touchdown, but to have a 2.2-yard average is completely unacceptable.
1: I mean, it's really, it's a joke is what it is and I you've got this this fellow here Keaton Mitchell who's exploded onto the scene has been putting up wonderful numbers and you decide to go with Gus Edwards who like you said is averaging 2.2 a carry that game I, it doesn't make any sense to me i don't understand why you you try to step away from what's going to work especially when it's worked so well. Sure, limited sample size, but we've seen this out of Mitchell in in previous games.
0: Well, and you know what? You can always appreciate, too, when you have your head coach come out and acknowledge their flaws and acknowledge their issues. Um, Now, this really was just a very, very good game all around. Um, There were some great passes, some great runs, and all in all, this was most definitely a game for the ages. But I'm really excited to see what happens next week for these two teams because they have two really big matchups coming up. But I'm getting ahead of myself, so we'll talk about that later. Now that's it for our recaps. Now it is time for our draft. We have a very special draft today. And I think that this is the perfect time to plug in some of the other podcasts On primetime, don't you think? Oh, I think it is. Because today, dear listeners, we are going to be talking about athletes from other sports. And we're going to draft them as players playing in the NFL. Now, to be fully transparent, we don't know anything about any other sport. Speak for yourself. NASCAR doesn't count.
1: What do you mean it doesn't NASCAR count? it does not count. How did... No, you, you explain to me right here, right now, how it does not count.
0: Go fast, turn left? Really? That's it. That's do you know it. how
1: much athleticism... No, you wouldn't know.
0: It's just going fast and turning left, my guy. Do you know how
1: difficult this is for 500 mile?
0: Going fast and turning left.
1: Son of a bitch.
0: And so, for further context on some of these players... On these sports and on these athletes, please do check out some of our other podcasts on the Primetime Productions site uh, where we talk, where they talk about basketball and uh, hockey, most notably. Now, Ivan. Yes, Noah. I won this draft. You did. And I won 100% of the votes.
1: You did. You're right. 100% of two or two out of two is in fact 100%.
0: Yes, it is. Yeah. I just got to wonder, where was Liam this week?
1: Arkansas? I don't know.
0: (laughs) But, I think that this is going to be a very interesting draft, and I'm really looking forward to this. Now, for my first overall pick, this isn't going to be the most flashy. This isn't going to be the best. However, I think that this player... This athlete is so phenomenal and is one of the few athletes outside of the sport of football who I think could play the most important position in all of football, which is, of course, quarterback. And with that pick, I'm taking Stephen Curry from the NBA.
1: Wow. Okay. You know, I was up all night worrying about this after you told me to expect a wild card with your first pick. Yeah, you both, You lived up to expectations.
0: And, well, and here's why. He's one of the greatest shooters in basketball history. He single-handedly changed the way that basketball is played by almost exclusively shooting threes. He has a good arm, and he's accurate as all hell. And if you see him play, he's athletic too. He reminds me very much of a Tua Tangavaloa kind of player. Um... And so I think that with his accuracy especially, I think that this is going to be a very important piece for the team that I'm trying to build here.
1: I think that is, and I really do appreciate that you've you've given me a Christmas gift for my first pick. Give me the fastest man in the world. Give me Usain Bolt. Give me a man that could outrun Tyreek Hill blindfolded. Look, I need a receiver who can get down the field break coverage entirely and won't lose a step when the ball hits his hands and i cannot think of a better man to import than usain bolt
0: my biggest issue would be his durability if he played but we're not really taking that into consideration all that much too so maybe i'm just whinging for nothing
1: i I think you might be but it's okay all right now i'm actually going to make a change up on my board i need a quarterback Okay. I need someone who can manage a game, someone who can, you know, go out there, say he's going to do something, and then do it to you. And do it with style. Give me the hick from French Lick. Let it burn! Yeah, you, you saw this coming, I'm sure. But, look, this man transcended basketball. Basketball was not doing well in the late 70s. Early 80s. Like it was, there were games being broadcasted on a tape delay. That's not good. Nobody likes that. Larry Bird arguably saved the league in terms of its relevance. And he did it by being, I mean, I'll just straight up say it, the best white man to ever touch a basketball court.
0: Fair enough. I mean, I can't really argue with that. I mean, I'm still taking Curry over him, but I don't hate that pick at all. I knew it was going to happen, so I didn't put him on my board at all.
1: See, and I thought you were going to try to snooker me. I thought he was going to be your one.
0: I wanted to scare you more than anything. Yeah, was I was pretty wanted nervous, to I will admit. You. Now, I have the most important position. Now, I think I need to draft for the second most important position. And that's, of course, left tackle. Now I'm going to go back to the basketball court for my second pick. And I'm going to go with Shaquille O'Neal at left tackle. I love it. I have, you know, I
1: I have never loved something so much in my life. That's a lie. But
0: I really do like that pick. One the beautiful thing with Shaq too is that you could put him defensive tackle. Oh, easily. He's almost seven feet tall. If Shaq ever listens to this for some stupid reason, I don't mean no offense. He's four hundred pounds. Yeah, there's no stopping that, and there's no getting past that. I almost wish he played football just so I could see him play.
1: No, one hundred percent. That would be it. Would be a
0: sight. That's for sure. Now, as for my third. I'm really torn here because I really want to go O-line again, and I think I will. So I'm going to go with one of the great, greatest players to ever play here up north, and I'm going with the Winnipeg Blue Bomber legend, Chris Walby. You said outside sports, Canadian football and American
1: football are both football.
0: I said outside NFL. No, you didn't. I said outside NFL. I just said it. No. Fine. Fine. Fine.
1: Well, if we're making that rule, let me roll back and pick an actual quarterback then.
0: We can do that. I'll I'll roll back. We'll roll back? I'll roll back. Okay. So instead of Chris Walby. Okay. With the type of team that I'm kind of putting together, I need a receiver. Fuck, I hate that I'm making just a basketball team play football. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going with Kobe Bryant. Oh, I like that. Look, Mamba had a completely different mentality, and I don't think it would matter if wide receiver was not the right position for him, except for the fact that I think it is. He was incredibly athletic. He was quick, and he had that drive. And I think that he would actually welcome any challenge that he got from any opposing cornerback. So I'm easily taking Kobe Bryant here uh, with my three.
1: Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. See, now I'm going to in a bit of a pickle here, I will admit. I'm going to do something. And before I do it, I got some words to say. May God rest his soul, first and foremost. I want a linebacker who can manage my defense. I want a man who's going to take nobody's bullshit on and off the field. Give me Dale Earnhardt Sr. They called this man the Intimidator in the NASCAR circuit because he would do whatever it took to win. I need somebody like that on my team, no question.
0: I knew you were going to go NASCAR. To go three? Yeah. Okay. Not Linebackers
1: judging. are some of the most important guys out there. I thought you of all people would understand that.
0: It is. I just can't imagine a go-fast-turn-left kind of guy playing linebacker. That's the only issue.
1: Put him on the right outside edge. Just curl it. Left turn. Get inside. Trust right. the process.
0: Now here you are oversimplifying my position. Look at you. I am. All right, I'm who we got at four? four. Wait, who is Dale... What position is Dale on offense? On offense...
1: Put him at running back. He'll go through just about anything. Now, this is where things get interesting. I need a special teamer. I need a guy who can kick the ball far, kick it accurately. I need Lionel Messi. Look, we all know place kicker is vital. I mean, I've seen... Games won and lost. Looking at you, Carolina, because of the kicker, regardless of extenuating circumstances. I I need to really lock down that position, and I feel like Messi is the guy to do it.
0: Fair, and uh, I also have a kicker uh, or a footballer on my board here. (laughs) I'm not touching him. I'm not. He's number ten on my board. I'm getting. All my five. Unchallenged. And I'm so happy. But I knew. I knew you wouldn't think of this sport to pick. To choose from.
1: If you said golf, I'm going to laugh.
0: No. I'm going with the sport that gives you the most organized mass. The sport that some of the toughest motherfuckers in the world, only they can play. I'm going rugby. I played rugby in high school. I was a hooker. And making this list, I wanted to get some recognizable names for our listeners. But now it's time to get probably two of the best players that I could possibly put on a football team. These guys easily could have gone one and two. But I knew you wouldn't think of rugby. I knew it. No, I thought of just about everything
1: else. I've got a golfer on my board, damn it all.
0: And so, for the first player, hailing from New Zealand, who played for the all-time greatest rugby team of all time, I have Jonah Lomu, who played for the All Blacks. This man was an unbelievable runner, unbelievable defender, and is highly regarded as by far the greatest Rugby player of all time, bar none. Now, unfortunately, he did pass away in 2015. God rest his soul. Um, and so with that, I'm taking him four, and I'm putting him as running back, and I can put him anywhere on the defense because he was massive. Um, but I'll put him right side linebacker as well. And now finally for number five. I'm going to a completely different continent for this guy. Still rugby. I'm going with the greatest Italian rugby player of all time who played for the Italian team when Italy was relevant in rugby. And he was the biggest reason for this. I'm going with Sergio Parisi. This man was probably one of the most devastating flankers. That you would ever come across. Was an absolute beast with the ball. And knew how to hunt you down. For those reasons. I'm putting him tight end. Because look. I got a great receiver. I need a tight end baby. And not only that. Because of his size. Because of his physicality. And because of his overall ability. He's going linebacker. I'm putting him on the left side. Left side. You know, I I
1: cannot hate those picks. I got to be honest with you. Look, I don't have any line to speak of right now. That's no good.
0: Yeah, and I got Shaq at nose tackle yeah. and left tackle. Who, who are you going to put against him?
1: I need a left guard right here. Okay. So I'm going to cover the inside. Big man, not as heavy as I'd like him to be. But, you know, he'll he'll more than suffice for the purpose I have for him. Shout out to all the Bruins fans that we have at primetime. I'm taking Zidane O'Chara. He's big, makes good hits, is a natural leader. I'll take all of those on my line at any point in time. Put him at Morris Tackle, because why not? You've got Shaq on the outside. Let me just avoid that as much as I can.
0: That is a really good pick. I don't know. I kinda wanna go through the rest of who I have on my on my board here. Uh I want to give a quick shout out to NHL legend Scott Stevens, who is one of the biggest hitters that I have ever seen put on skates. Honestly, I could put a, I would have put him receiver, but more than anything, I would have been drafting him to play strong safety. Somebody hitting people like that, Whew, that's deadly. Now also. On my board, I have Michael Jordan. Reason why I didn't is because I think basketball really was the perfect sport for him. I don't think that he would have found a whole lot of success. I think his drive would have forced him into something. But if I had to put him on the team, I'd put him free safety and running back. And the footballer that I have on my board is David Beckham. Absolute accurate kicker. Phenomenal footballer. And I would have been proud to put him as my kicker. Yeah.
1: Oh, he's a good guy to have back there. Who else did you have? So I actually had a, a couple of wild cards here. I got Babe Ruth. Wow. Okay. He was on the bigger side. But he just had, he knew he was the best. I want, you know, I, I almost took him because having a guy with that kind of confidence, that's important. I got Movak Djokovic, and I'd slot him at free safety because I want a guy who's mobile and can see things really well. Yeah. And Djokovic has always had that ability. And I have Jack Nicklaus here as well. I ended up passing on him because, truly, I tell you, I don't know where I'd put him.
0: Although, do you know who both of us are are missing notably? No. LaFlop, James. Yeah. If you think I'd let him get within a hundred yards
1: of this list,
0: if you think I'd let him a hundred within a hundred yards of a football field, you're ridiculous. There's a yeah, no reason why his name is LaFlop. I don't think he would last a a series. He playing would get, tight get, he on would get
1: touched once, and he'd be end of career.
0: End of career. I don't know. I made this list. And uh, I was talking with my dad on it, and he was giving me so much shit. Why not LeBron? Why not LeBron? I don't have faith in LeBron, and I don't like LeBron.
1: I'll do one better. Why LeBron? Why LeBron? He's not... It's controversy time. He is not that good, even at basketball. He puts up the numbers, but he's a diva about it.
0: It's It's his longevity that I think is more impressive than anything else and when you have somebody like MJ um, who existed who in his time was not only the best offender was also the best defender LeBron just isn't that I would be shocked to see Michael Jordan ever leave a game early LeBron's done that multiple times Um, and frankly and all of our basketball fans who are possibly listening are probably gonna hate me for this. Frankly, I hold Stephen Curry to a higher degree because he changed the game of basketball. Oh, totally. Like imagine Michael Jordan putting up threes on a regular basis with this game of foot with this game of basketball. I don't think LeBron would even be in the conversation for greatest basketball player of all time because MJ would just blow him out of the water.
1: Oh, 100 percent You know, LeBron gets all this all this hype. He constantly has to be building a team around him. I don't know how much you've noticed that. I know you're not really a basketball guy. I've picked up on it because I've, you know, I have a lot of sports outlets that I that I keep up with. And it seems like year after year it's LeBron asks team to acquire X. LeBron asks team to acquire Y. Jordan, sure, he had Rodman and Pippen, but outside of that, it was him. Larry Bird had Larry
0: Bird. Magic Johnson had Magic Johnson. Like, it, it's just, it's an embarrassment, really. Also, last thing I'm going to say MJ went six for six. <laughs> I like it. No, Ivan, I think that's enough uh, rambling about LaFlop James. I concur. Uh, I, I, think, I
1: think we both really needed to unpack some stuff, but it's time to get back to, to,
0: to, to what we're here for. Exactly. So as a quick recap, at quarterback and free safety, I have Stephen Curry. At left tackle and defensive tackle, I have Shaquille O'Neal, wide receiver, cornerback. I have Kobe, running back and right side linebacker. I have Jonah Lomu. And at tight end and left side linebacker, I have Sergio Paris.
1: And at wide receiver and corner, I have Usain Bolt. At quarterback and corner, I have Larry Bird. At inside linebacker and running back, Dale Earnhardt Sr. Raise hell, praise Dale. At punter and kicker, I have Lionel Messi. And at left guard and nose tackle, Zdeno Chara.
0: I think I definitely won this one just because I have rugby players.
1: Yeah, but I got fast and left, and I don't really care about anything beyond that.
0: Go fast and go left. Woo! I've been drinking since 6 a.m. Go fast and go left.
1: Anyways, we have a job to do now. Keep it together.
0: Do I have to be professional? Moderately. All right, well, let me take a sip of my professional beer before I continue. Of course. Now we are jumping to everybody's favorite segment of our show, the predictions. Now, with that being said, ooh, this first game on Thursday night is going to be an absolutely amazing game. I'm so happy we finally have a good Thursday night primetime game. You have no idea.
1: Uh, It's been a long time coming, you know.
0: Feels like it's been way too long. And we have the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Both teams need to win this one.
1: 100%. I mean, this, this game in and of itself, sorry to cut you off there, but this could inevitably decide the AFC North.
0: And this division is so competitive that every single divisional matchup at the end of the day is going to have a significant impact. On who gets first, and who gets wild card, and if you don't make the playoffs at all. With that being said, both teams lost this week. Both teams are going to have a chip on their shoulder. Both teams are going to play their heart out. I think that this is going to be the best offense in the division, going up against the best defense in the division. And frankly, right this second, I trust the better offense. I trust Joe Burrow. So I'm going to take Cincy here. 38 to 36.
1: See, and you know what? I I will keep it. I'm in the vein of keeping things tight like you are. The Ravens are embarrassed. They had that game one. They blew it. They're going to come out. They're going to play better football. 35-32 for Baltimore. I, I think really that the Harbaugh is gonna make some changes and do better.
0: Fair enough. Next up we have the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Houston Texans. I I really held you on to that one. I, I wanted was, you to think I was gonna stay Oilers. I
1: I expected it. The Texans?
0: I feel like that's a safe bet. It is. Here's where I'm not sure. How do you game plan for a guy who you've only seen once this season? You game plan for him by doing what the Texans have
1: done all year, and that's playing their game of football. Fair. The defense, I have faith, will get it done. It won't be pretty. But I don't think that matters because CJ Stroud, and you can you can put me on, like, In writing, book this. CJ Stroud has a case for MVP right now. That's fair. So I really don't think... Obviously, they have to be aware of what Kyler can do, and they know what he can do. His skill set has not changed. Yeah. I I think this is really Houston's game to lose. And I've got them 28-19. to I think if they can... Get pressure up into Kyler's face, which is something that Arizona couldn't do. Cons- sorry, Atlanta couldn't do consistently this past week. I think that's going to make a difference because yeah, he can throw on the run, but if you chase him enough, he's going to he's going to get tired real quick. Fair, but
0: really, I don't know. We've seen Houston beat some Titans. I I didn't mean that as a shot to you. I I genuinely mean, like, some very good teams. But we've also seen them lose to some stinkers. And so, I don't know what it is, but I just have a gut feeling that's telling me that Arizona is going to win. Look, Kyler's playing for his job, potentially.
1: Not potentially, he is. There are so few situations where if the trajectory of the Cardinals stays where it is, that they don't take a flyer on May or Williams.
0: And I agree. And so I think we're going to get some of the best ball that we've seen from Kyler. And I think Kyler's more fresh is more fresh than Stroud. I mean, hey, he just came back. Stroud's been playing all season. As much as I am going to be cheering for CJ cuz Lord knows I do not want um the cards to win, because fuck the cards, that's why, but something's just telling me that the cards are going to win this one. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be 23 to 21. You know what? You got to trust the gut, right? That's what it comes down to. Next up, we have a possibly exciting divisional matchup. I'm going to be cautiously optimistic uh, about this one. We have... Yo, Tennessee Titans taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Len, look, before you say anything, I, I miss the Titans. I'm I missed seeing Will Levis come out there, sling the ball for you guys, having your defense be able to do stuff, and not just sit back and or and not have your quarterback and your offense sit back on the on the bench, relax. While their defense is fighting while your defense is fighting for their lives. I'm excited for this game. I think it's going to be a good one. My biggest issue is Josh Allen. Cause Lord knows good Josh Allen, if given an opportunity, is going to feast.
1: May I? I'll keep it short, I promise.
0: One more thing. Is this your first matchup or your second?
1: First, I believe. This season's been a bit of a daze. You'll have to forgive me.
0: I think Jacksonville takes this one 30-25.
1: Oh, baby, I wish I had that much faith in Tennessee. Look, this past week was an absolute embarrassment. Vrabels lost his balls. The defense couldn't defend. Our own line Look, you said if Josh Allen gets a chance to feast... Whole feast. Put them down minimum two sacks. Put that down. Our O-line is a patchwork being held together by hopes and dreams and tears. The Jags just got absolutely embarrassed by San Francisco. They are going to roll up, and they're going to knock our teeth so far down our ass, we aren't going to know if we're spitting or shitting. Jaguars 35-10. to 10. Shout out, Nick, folk. I know he missed a field goal this past week, but he's the, one of the two most reliable guys on this team. It's
0: good, you guys have a good defense. I no, can't see don't. you guys. No, we don't.
1: If you saw what I saw this past week and the week prior, we have a good defense. We have a fair weather defense. That's that's the problem. Truthfully, they aren't the greatest at handling adversity when they need to. And against the Jags, who recently have had our number very well, it's going to come down to our secondary. And the only member of our secondary that I have any faith in right now is Roger McCreary. Let's move on, please.
0: Fine. Next up, we have... I don't even know if this is going to be a blowout or just a really shitty game. I'm going to go with shitty game. LA Chargers in Green Bay.
1: Well, I'm going to find out if this is a bad game or not. I I have made a business decision to analyze this one. And, look, the Packers are what we thought they were going to be, plain and simple. The Chargers are what the
0: Chargers are. Inconsistent. Yep. Good on paper, on the field is a different story.
1: And we see it's the same script every year with these guys i've got los angeles taking this one but we're talking like 20 to 17 because neither team has given me enough where i can look at and objectively say yeah this team's gonna fly away with it
0: i agree with you here um green bay probably not gonna score until the second half but i really don't like la either but This L.A. defense is just too good. I don't think Love is going to get anything going. Uh, I'm going to go 18-6. to Next up, we have the New Jersey Giants taking on the Washington Football Commie Chiefs. Wait, what? Football Commie skins. Anyways, uh... I don't have faith in uh, the Giants at all. Sam Howell's been looking really, really good. I'm going to take Washington here uh, 21-7. to Yeah, you know, that is about where
1: I stand. Sam Howell has actually looked better than I think I've given him credit for. No, then I know I've given him credit for Washington 20 to 10.
0: Next up, we have Vegas in Miami. Look, we know how Miami does against less than good opponents. I mean, yeah, Vegas is going to be scrappy, but there's no way they keep this win streak going. Realistically, they're going to get torched on defense and they're going to get bull rushed on offense. I'm taking Miami here 30 to 13.
1: Yeah, you know, as as fun as the Antonio Pierce storyline has been, I think it's going to come crashing pretty well here. Miami, truth be told, really needs needs something and against a team like Vegas, that's as good a time as any to really to get it. <sighs> 35 to 17.
0: And now Chicago, we have going to meet up with their new owners in Detroit. The Bears taking on the Lions. I'm taking the Lions here. They look good this week. Who's to say they, whether or not they look good this coming week? But it's the Bears. The Bears haven't been that good. They've had a few lucky games. They had one great game. But that was not against an opponent on any type of similar scale to the Lions. The Lions are dangerous they're hungry and they're going to fight and battle and absolutely tear apart anybody in their division that tries to get in their way i'm taking the lions here 32 to 12. i too i'm taking the lions i mean it's
1: cut and dry the bears haven't looked good the lions have Lions thirty six to fifteen. I guess the Bears will do something, but it won't. It won't mean anything ultimately.
0: Now we have another divisional matchup. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers in Cleveland taking on the Hands. I really don't know what to make of this game. The Steelers have been looking bad on offense. Their defense, while they've been good, you can't do a whole lot on defense when you're constantly on the field, which is exactly what they are. And Cleveland is coming off of a statement win. I'd be shocked if the hands didn't uh, just come in and bulldoze them. I'm actually going to take them 28 to 10. See, and I
1: mostly agree with you, but I don't think they're going to bulldoze them. This is a matchup that's going to be really contested because these guys are both fighting for a piece of the AFC North lead, right? Whoever wins this game, depending on the results of the Baltimore game, will lead the division. So, while I do, in fact, agree with Cleveland taking this one, I've got it 21-17. to Because I feel like we're going to see some some really gritty football from both sides here.
0: Maybe you can make heads or tails of this game for me. Because we have the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Carolina Panthers. Look, we both said that the Cowboys were going to beat the Cards. I don't know. The way that the Card looked back then is how the Panthers look now. So, do we say that the Panthers are going to
1: win? No, I don't, cause Frank Reich is going to be taking over play calling again. And that that's an indictment right there, if I've ever heard one.
0: I don't know. I'm going to go with the Panthers here. I'm going to go with uh, 17 to 14.
1: And, uh, Cowboys, 35 to 10. I, I just don't see it, truth be told.
0: Now we go to real New York where the fake New York Jets take on the real New York Buffalo Bills.
1: I don't know how to gauge the Jets still. I know I've said this pretty well all year. I still don't know how to. I don't know how to gauge the Bills either.
0: No, and I agree. And at the time of recording, um, the Buffalo Bills are down three zip to the Denver Broncos of all teams with the Bron- with the Broncos being in the red zone for the second time tonight. I hate their inconsistency. It drives me insane, but I got to go with Buffalo here. It's the only thing that makes sense. I think Josh Allen's going to be overworked. I think he's going to be overpressured. He's going to struggle because this defense really is good. I'm going go to go 18-17. to
1: I am going to give this one to Buffalo but i don't know what to what to think of this game 20 to 16 for the bills and i really don't know what's going to happen to get them there
0: i agree this is another weird one it could be a really good game could be a really bad game uh we have the tampa bay buccaneers taking on the san francisco 49ers Everybody knows. I've, I've never been shy to talk about how much I hate the Niners. Last week, they looked really good. Brock Purdy, coming off of relaxing on the farm, looked good. I can't see Tampa winning. I really wish that Tampa would come out on top. I'm going to be conservative here and say 23-14. to 14.
1: I mean, look, the Niners had a hell of a game last week. That schmuck McCaffrey didn't score a touchdown, though, so I don't know what's up with that.
0: Yeah, just... We'll screw up. What Trade a scrub. Get a Get rid him of him. Away. Cut yep. him. Cut him. Cut him. Yep. You know what? Not even going to be possible. He's going to be retiring after this. He's so bad. Uh, that said,
1: I do have the 49ers taking this one. 28-14. Baker's going to do enough for the Buccaneers to stay... Relevant, but not enough to make a difference.
0: I could see that. And the last of the regularly timed Saturday or Sunday games, we have my really shitty Seattle Seahawks taking on the even worse LA Rams. <sighs> I... Don't know what to say. We have not looked good for two weeks. Our defense cannot support us. Okay, I'm, it sounds like I'm getting heated. Let, let me bring in Zen Noah. Hello, everybody. Zen Noah here. Going to talk about the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Los Angeles Rams. The Seattle Seahawks have not looked good the last few weeks. However, hopefully... Because the Rams were victorious in their previous matchup, hopefully the Seattle Seahawks will get their bullshit together and absolutely stomp the motherfucking shit out of the fucking Rams. Fuck the Rams. I'm shitposting here. I don't give a fuck. Carson Wentz is starting. Get the fuck out of here. You should have retired seven years ago after you got hurt and lost your team to a frickin' backup with a massive cock. Shout out to Nick Foles. I am going to be taking the Seattle Seahawks 32-7. to seven. You know, I've got my fair share of gripes
1: with the Rams. And because of that, Hawks 28-3. to three. Did you just
0: fucking curse us? Maybe. Fuck. You'll get over it. Next up, somehow, we have back-to-back weeks of being forced to watch the Denver Broncos in primetime. Sunday night, we have the Miami... Yeah, whoa, that was left field. On Sunday night primetime, we have... The Minnesota Vikings being led by the most aerodynamic in all of football. Joshua Dobbs taking on the crispy, burnt Denver Broncos. Let's die. Honestly, I don't think Denver has a chance here. Look, there's so much momentum coming off of Minneapolis here. Not only that. Mini has a longer week granted it's an extra day, but sometimes that day can be the difference between a win and a loss. And I think that this is going to have the Vikings win written all over it. I think it's going to be competitive on paper. I don't, I think that we're going to see a much more dominating performance from the Vikings um, than the numbers would let up. So I'm going to take Minneapolis here Uh 27 to 23. Okay. Now,
1: look, the Denver Broncos, they're coming in here on primetime television, playing against the Minnesota Vikings, led by former Tennessee volunteer Joshua Dobbs.
0: Do you have to say that every time? Yes. The Vols suck, and you know it.
1: Well, just because it's true doesn't mean you have to say it.
0: Hashtag World hide.
1: Get out of here. Anyways, I got the Vikings 24-10. to Because I don't have enough faith in the Denver Broncos against this Vikings team that has been pretty good. Even without their starting quarterback. You know, I... I feel like this could come down to coaching, and I'll take Kevin O'Connell right now over Sean Payton.
0: Now, before we move on to the Monday night primetime game, I will say there is a possibility that Justin Jefferson may play. If that's the case, I'm excited to see what Dobbs could do. Um, but at this point in time, it's only a possibility I don't know how likely it is. I won't wager that he would be playing.
1: And if I'm the Vikings, I would rather him rest the extra week, truth be told.
0: You don't want to rush him
1: back. Me too.
0: But you know football players, they're going to rush back.
1: Oh, 100%.
0: Now, Ivan, I think we're going to have to do a little mini episode for this game. Because, uh, yeah, this is going to be a really good game. We're talking the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Kansas City Swifties.
1: I think, you know, this definitely warrants an emergency episode. I mean, you've got a rematch of, of one of the of most contentious Super Bowls in recent history.
0: Not only that, you have Rebecca Swift's boyfriend taking on sexy Batman who has been nominated for Sexiest Man Alive.
1: Shout out to Sexy Batman.
0: Shout out to Sexy Batman. I have no idea where to go with this one, except for the fact that I do. I want to say biases aside, but I'm just going to let it take over if that's what it's going to happen. Honestly, I think Philadelphia is the better team here. They're better rounded. Um, They have had less issues than the Chiefs had. But Philly's biggest issue is going to be on stopping Kelsey and also battling against the Zebras. Because let's face it, this is in Kansas City. The refs are going to come in full force. We'll see what happens. But as of right now, my money is on Philadelphia 35-27. to 27. You know, and
1: I can't really argue anything that you've said there. My money is also on Philadelphia and because we like to do a little bit of ship posting here, thirty eight to thirty five. I'm not I'm not drawing connotations or anything, but
0: Oh yeah, no, you just pulled that out of your ass. Oh, one
1: hundred percent. It's gonna be tough though. Like they let's face it, the refs are going to be a factor. Which direction they'll sway, I would honestly say could be up in the air. Absolutely. But past trends being what they are, I think the Eagles are gonna have a tough hill to climb. They'll still come up out on top, but agreed.
0: Now that's it for our predictions. As a recap, Ivan will be covering the LA Chargers game, where they face up against the Green Bay Packers, as well as the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the hands in Cleveland. Myself, I will be watching the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Baltimore Ravens. And I will also be watching the Los Angeles Rams get absolutely shit-kicked by the Seattle Seahawks. Now, Ivan, I've been looking forward to this.
1: I bet you All have.
0: day. I got a little bit of help. You, you che- You've cheated and gotten help, and I've cheated by having extra picks. To be able to try and manipulate things now. Now I do it very poorly, admittedly. But it's a thought that counts. Exactly. So now I'm going to start, because I won the draft. And what you're going to be ranking here are NFL head coaches. Are you ready? No, let's do this. The very first head coach. Is Bill Belichick? You know what? You never
1: gave me a category in terms of time, so I'm going to assume we're rolling all time here, and not just based off this season. Is that a safe?
0: Let's say last five years. Last five years. All right. Let me think. Four. All right. Next up, we have Mike Tomlin. two and now we have Mike McDaniels three wow this is going to be really interesting this is going to be very interesting
1: wow get to the point why don't you number four
0: we have Andy Big Red Reed
1: one country mile
0: I don't know I don't know how you're gonna feel about this last one. I can already guess who it's gonna be. Who do you think it's gonna be? Ribs. No. Okay. Kyle Shanahan. You know what? I
1: am actually okay putting him at five.
0: You're okay putting yeah, him at five. And listen
1: to me. Let let me let me let me explain. He's
0: the best football mind in the game right now. Okay. But you're okay with it? Yeah. Okay, Uh, I'll let you talk. Look, Andy Reid has
1: a wealth of experience, and he's been doing a damn good job of coaching. Whether you like to admit that or not, it's the truth. Mike Tomlin gets everything out of his guys week in, week out. It's just evidenced by his streak of legend. And something like that doesn't just come down to player execution. McDaniel, half the reason the Dolphins are even a relevant team nowadays. He's done a damn good job reshaping that franchise. The only pick that I really regret throwing where he is is Belichick at four. I would swap him and Shanahan if I could, but I can't, and I just have to deal with it.
0: So of these guys, what you're saying is Kyle Shanahan is the fourth best coach Of these five guys
1: I think Shanahan is a wonderful mind however Shanahan is benefiting from a lot of high caliber players and that's not to say that he has done a bad job in setting these players up to succeed but the better your pieces are nine times out of ten the better your coat you'll be
0: as a coach because it does make it that much easier I can appreciate your perspective, but I can't agree when you have Andy Reid at one, who arguably has one of the greatest quarterbacks by the time his career is over of all time. Greatest tight end of all time.
1: And no wide receivers to speak of.
0: Currently. Andy
1: Reid Reid hauled his ass out of Philadelphia, somehow turned the Eagles into a perennial championship game team
0: went to kansas city and did the exact same thing again you have no control how this turns out so i'm just talking about how you'd rank them currently but fine if that's your stance that's your stance
1: no i'm really just trying to dig
0: myself out of the hole oh i'm just yeah. happy that shanahan's five here <laughs> that's why i put him here I figured, the niners that's why i figured you'd get a kick out of that yeah exactly <laughs> you, you you saw the shit eating grin on my face oh yeah
1: all right, mine's less exciting. Okay. I've got punters from the 2010s.
0: You just took my idea. Well, it sure does suck to suck, doesn't it? I guess so. Dustin Colquitt. No idea who that is. Serious? No idea. Holy smoke. Four. All right. Bradley Pinion. Absolute legend. I'm putting him five. <laughs> shout out to Bradley Pinion Brett Kern three Dustin Colquitt I see where you're going with this do you yeah I do oh yeah yeah I'm gonna put him two
1: okay Michael no I'm just kidding Pat McAfee everybody
0: oh that's easy yeah Pat, Pat McAfee number one. Oh yeah Uh, not gonna lie I don't know my punters
1: I, I picked up on that. I was
0: hoping you were going to put Stonehouse and uh, and uh, Dixon. Did
1: you miss the 2010s, part? Well. This is Stoner's second year.
0: I did not know Dixon that. Dixon was eligible, though. No, Dixon would be eligible. Yeah. I had no idea that this was Stonehouse's second year. Yeah,
1: Stoner took over right after Kern retired or was sent to Philly.
0: Oh, I did not know that. Yep. I thought he's been doing it for a long time, and it goes to show how good of a kicker he is. Punter. But no, Pac McAfee, definitely number one. Oh, yeah. Second best punter of all time. Second to, of course, double
1: punt. Nah, Ray Guy's got to be number one all time. Only punter in the Hall of Fame.
0: Fair. Well, until Pat's uh, eligible. Yeah, fair. All right, everybody, that's the episode. Bit of a shorter one this week. um, Partially due to the fact that, uh, well... Ivan forgot to uh, select the proper microphone to use, so we had to restart and scrap almost 15 minutes of audio. No, we didn't. It was like 10. No, it was 12.55. That's not 15. It rounds up to 15. Oh, now we want to round. Of course.
1: <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, folks. And as always, bottoms Thumbs up. up.